Please stand with us and sing. How lovely is your dwelling place, O Lord Almighty. My soul longs and even faints for you. For here my heart is satisfied. Within your presence, I sing beneath the shadow of your wings. Better is one day in your courts, better is one day in your house, better is one day in your courts than thousands elsewhere. Better is one day in your courts, better is one day in your house, better is one day in your courts, thousands elsewhere, thousands elsewhere. One thing I ask and I would see, to see your beauty, to find you in the place your glory dwells. One thing I ask and I would seek, to see your beauty, to find you in the place your glory dwells. Better Better is one day in your house, better is one day in your courts, thousands elsewhere. Better is one day in your courts, better is one day in your house, better is one day in your courts, thousands elsewhere. My heart and flesh cry out for you, the living God, your spirit's water for my soul. I've tasted and I've seen, come once again with me, I will draw near to you, I will draw near to you, to you. Better is one day in your courts, better is one day in your house, better is one day in your courts, thousands elsewhere. Better is one day in your courts, better is one day in your house, better is one day in your courts, thousands elsewhere, thousands elsewhere. Jesus Christ, I think upon your sacrifice, you became nothing, poured out to death. Many times I've wondered at your gift of life, and I'm filling that place once again. I'm in that place 
face once again. Once again I look upon the cross where you died. I'm humbled by your mercy and I'm broken inside. Once again I thank you. Once again I pour out my life. Now you are exalted to the highest place, King of the heavens, where one day I'll bow. But for now, I marvel at your saving grace, and I'm full of praise once again. I'm full of praise once again. Once again I look upon the cross where you died. Humbled by your mercy and I'm broken inside. Once again I thank you. Once again I pour out my life. Thank you for the cross, thank you for the cross, thank you for the cross, my friend. Thank you for the cross, thank you for the cross, thank you for the cross, my friend. Once again I look upon the cross where you died. I'm humbled by your mercy and I'm broken inside. Once again I thank you. Once again I pour out my life. Once again I thank you. Once again, I pour out my life. By the way, you know that pretty much every Sunday, 99% of the time, we read from the lectionary. That's how I choose what we read for Sunday. I think it helps us to follow the, the church calendar of the year, so I prefer to do that. Uh, do any of you guys here watch Jeopardy? Yes. Have you guys been watching the greatest of all time, Jeopardy? I mean, we literally sit there. I'm really sad. I have a bunch of meetings next week. I feel like we should, you know, move consistory to like nine o'clock. No. <laughs> but uh, I sit there. We sit there for an hour and a half watching Jeopardy lately. Uh, but we just love it. And what, one of the final Jeopardy questions for one of the greatest of all times. Did you guys catch it? What are the first six words of the Gospel of John? And Trevor looks at me. I'm like, in the beginning was the word. And he's like, how do you know that? I'm like, well, I've known that forever. But all of our church people are going to be right on top of it, too, because that was just the reading on Sunday. I got really excited. And by the way, they all got it right, which 
Um, but now, okay, so switching towards this week's lectionary, I decided that I think we should really read two passages, and oddly, I looked at what I did last year, and I chose Isaiah and one of the Gospels last year on the baptism of Christ. I think it's important to connect the old with the new, because that's what Jesus does, is he connects the old with the new. So we're going to read today both our Old Testament reading and our New Testament reading. The Old Testament reading comes from Isaiah chapter 42, verses 1 through 9. It's page 657, or if you have a large print, it's in, oh, it's in the Old Testament, not New Testament. It's in the Old Testament, page 881. And if you are ready to hear the word of the Lord, will you please say amen? Amen. Starting with verse 1. Here is my servant, whom I uphold, my chosen, and whom my soul delights. I have put my spirit upon him. He will bring forth justice to the nations. He will not cry or lift up his voice and make it heard in the street. A bruised reed will not break, and a dimly burning wick he will not quench. He will faithfully bring forth justice. He will not grow faint or be crushed until he has established justice in the earth. And the coastlands wait for his teachings. Thus says God, the Lord who created the heavens and stretched them out, who spread out the earth and what comes from it, who gives breath to the people upon it and spirit to those who walk in it. I am the Lord. I have called you in righteousness. I have taken you by the hand and kept you. I have given you as a covenant to the people, a light to the nations to open the eyes that are blind and to bring out the prisoners from the dungeon, from the prison, those who sit in darkness. I am the Lord, that is my name. My glory I give to no other, nor my praise to idols. See, the former things have come to pass, and new things I now declare. Before they spring forth, I tell you of them. The word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. And now fast forward to the Gospel of Matthew. We are in the third chapter. We will read verses 13 through 17. Matthew's telling of the baptism of Jesus. And if you are ready to hear this word of the Lord, will you please say amen? Amen. Starting with verse 13. Then Jesus came from Galilee to John at the Jordan to be baptized by him. And John would have prevented him, saying, I need to be baptized by you, and do you come to me? But Jesus answered him, Let it be so now, for it is proper for us in this way to fulfill all righteousness. And then he consented. And when Jesus had been baptized, just as he came up from the water, suddenly the heavens were open to him, and he saw the Spirit of of God descending like a dove and alighting on him, and a voice from heaven said, This is my Son, the Beloved, with whom I am well pleased. The word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God.
Let us join in a moment of prayer. Good and gracious God, we thank you. We thank you and we praise you. Every day of our lives, we stop just to take a moment to give you thanks. And Lord, we turn to you on this day. On this day, as we celebrate the baptism of Christ, we turn to you and we ask for your guidance. Bless the words of our mouths and the thoughts of our minds, so that all that we do and all that we say can be holy and acceptable to you, O Lord, our rock and our redeemer. 
Through Christ our Lord, we pray. Amen. So the Gospel of Matthew was written for a mostly Jewish community, or really an entirely Jewish community. Many of them were becoming believers, but it was still a Jewish community. And so the author, who we call Matthew, writes this Gospel to the Jewish community, presenting really an argument that Jesus is the Messiah. He is the servant of God that was foretold in the Old Testament. He's the same servant of God that we are reading about in Isaiah. Isaiah. That's why if we're going to jump forward in our Gospel of Matthew, if you want to flash forward to the 12th chapter of the Gospel of Matthew, then you would find Matthew quoting this exact part from Isaiah chapter 42 because he's connecting that the same servant that we had heard about in Isaiah chapter 42 and in so much of the Old Testament, that same one that we were told to wait for, that is who Jesus is and who Jesus was. So let's look at the, think about the 20, or the, the 42nd chapter from Isaiah. It's not just a beautiful poem. It's not just something that's a special thing that we read and go, oh, oh, that's really nice. But instead, it's a prophecy. It's a prophecy that was written to the people of Israel while they were in exile. And if you open up, if you want to, you're welcome to, if you open up Isaiah chapter 42, you're going to see that when the people were in exile, Isaiah starts talking about a servant king who is going to be given to them by God and that this servant will not cry out. So while the people of Israel are living in exile and they are crying out day and night, there will be one who will come and he will not cry out. His voice will not be heard like that. And then there is, while in Israel... They are supposed to be the beloved children of God, but they keep messing up, which is why they keep getting forced into exile. Jesus will come and he will be the beloved son of God who will be a beloved child who will not mess up. And while Israel was supposed to be the light to all the nations, but they kept failing, they kept falling to darkness, they kept turning away from God, the servant would come and the servant would be the light to all the nations and the servant would even let the blind see, both literally and figuratively. Matthew wants us to understand that Jesus is the one that Isaiah had talked about, the one that the people had been waiting for for over seven hundred years. So Matthew is making his point crystal clear. And he also makes us realize by connecting uh, Jesus with Isaiah chapter 42, we then realize that every other king comes and is some high, holy, pontius king. I mean, just think about Caesar then, how they would lift up Caesar in the air and, and have him be as if he was a god, you know, and then that Jesus would be a servant king. He would come and he would serve the people. He would sacrifice himself, and and this all starts by being baptized by John. When he is baptized by John, he does goes up to John, and John right away, I mean, it says that John would have prevented him, but can you just imagine being John the Baptist? Yes, you're a prophet. Yes, you know what you're called to do. Yes, all that, but then the one that you've been prophesying about comes to you and wants to be baptized by you. I mean, imagine being John the Baptist for a second, and you're like, Hold on, Jesus, this isn't going to
going to work. I need to be baptized by you. You know, John was, what he was doing is he was washing away the sins. That was the whole interaction of baptism, washing away the sins. And he's like, Jesus, you've got none. You don't have these sins. Why would I wash away your sins? But instead, when Jesus comes to John and is baptized by John, what he's doing is he's lifting John up. He's lifting up his ministry. He's honoring John. Instead of just coming and overshadowing John and being like, okay, thanks, you're done now. Instead of acting like that, instead he's lifting up John and he's honoring him. That's the first thing that Jesus does when he goes to be baptized by John. But then he's also baptized into the sinner's baptism. He is baptized in a way that washes away sins. And so what he does is when Jesus does that, he identifies with all of us. All of us people who, who sin and make mistakes. Raise your hand if you've ever sinned and made mistakes. I mean, let's raise your hand if you've ever sinned today. Who knows? It's early in the morning. We probably have. Uh, but, you know, that even that Jesus, what he does is, is he's, he's getting on the same playing field as us. He's saying, I'm not some pompous, high, holy king. I'm here for you. I'm your servant. I'm here for you, and I will be baptized the same way that you are baptized. He humbles himself. He shows that he is a servant king who is humble, just or unlike anyone else. And then as he's baptized, I just wish that we could see this. When I go to heaven, I really hope that they have like a video thing where you can watch the stuff that happened, because I really want to see this exactly what it was like. But can you just imagine that when he's baptized, the skies open up, and then the voice of God proclaims, this is my son, the beloved with whom I am well pleased. I can't imagine what a powerful moment that must have been. And the cool thing about Matthew is Matthew is saying that he says that God says, this is my beloved, not you are my beloved, which means that Matthew's trying to make it clear to his community that they understand that other people heard this as well, that the other people who were there at the Jordan River heard this voice from heaven come out and proclaim magnificently, this is my son, the beloved. With him, I am well pleased. And here's the thing about Jesus. We know, and Matthew makes it so clear, that, that he is the one that, that we have all been waiting for. But those who waited for him the most were those who had gone through the hardest times. The people who waited for Jesus the most are those who had gone through heartache, those who were poor and hungry, those who had been stomped upon by others. All the people that had gone through really bad things in their lives, they are the ones who were eagerly waiting for Jesus. They are the ones who waited with such great anticipation and then there's the others there's that high holy and elite group that they they pretended but remember how we talked about this like maybe a month ago or so or a few weeks ago how it, when Jesus yells, you brood of vipers, it's because the Pharisees and the scribes were coming to be baptized. They weren't doing it because they wanted to confess their sins and wash away their sins. They were doing it to, you know, put on a little show to make it look like they were honoring John because John was seen as, as a really high, uh, highly regarded prophet. But, it, you know, the other ones, they pretended that they were awaiting for a Messiah. They pretended it, but really they liked things just the way that they were. <laughs> They didn't want the 
poor to become rich. They didn't want the weak to become strong. They wanted everything to stay exactly the way that it was. Now, I want us to think about something for a second. As we're understanding that Jesus is the one who we've been waiting for, Jesus is the servant king that was uh, foretold in Isaiah chapter 42, I want us to stop and think, what does this mean to us today? Not only do I want us to understand what happened in in both of our readings today, but I also want us to think about what does this mean for us today. I started thinking how Jesus, he is the servant king who comes to serve and comes to redeem and comes to save. And Jesus, as the servant king, shows us how to live our lives. He does it in a way that's not pompous. He does it in a way that's not shaming. He leads by example. What if, with all the chaos that's going on in the world, what if everybody, instead of doing whatever they want to do, what if we all instead started following the actions of Jesus. What if all of us, I don't care what people believe, there could be a perfectly good atheist who can open up the Gospels and read about Jesus and be like, wow, Jesus was a really cool guy. We should probably learn from him. Imagine if everyone in the world just opened up the Gospels, took some advice from Jesus, and started living like he tells us to live. We would start to see people for who they really are. We wouldn't look at somebody and and put all of our judgment on them, but we would see somebody for who they are. Imagine if if we all followed Jesus, then if somebody was hurt, we wouldn't just walk by them and go, oh, too bad for you. You know, we'd stop. We'd help. And we'd care for them. What if somebody's going through a really bad, heartbreaking time, then if we were the followers of Jesus, and if we're truly doing what Jesus tells us to do, then we're not going to be like, ah, too bad. (laughs) You're going to say, hey, how can I help you? What can I do for you? What if instead of seeing a person on the other side of the world as a stranger, we see them as a beloved sibling in Christ? There are so many wonderful ways that we can follow Jesus. And if you look at all of the troubles that we have in this world, imagine how easily they could be fixed if all of us just started acting a little bit more like Jesus. Like, we wouldn't have to fully change our lives. We would just have to act a little bit more like the servant king that we are called to follow. It would be an amazing, amazing thing. So what we need to do, friends, we know that Jesus is the one who we are called to follow. We know that he is the son of God. We are here because we know this. We are here because we want to follow him. So now we get to work on all the nitty gritty details about how do we do a better job at following Jesus. There's a whole bunch of bad stuff going on in the world. I mean, it hurts to turn on the news lately. There's a whole bunch of bad stuff going on in the world, but there's also good stuff. There's also good stuff where people are choosing to follow Jesus and they're putting their words into actions. I'm going to show you a little video that went viral. I'm sure you've seen it, but I want to show it to you anyways. So I'm going to show you a little video, just a short video. I'll tell you what it is after. Just going to show you this super short video, 20 seconds long. Who here knows what this video is from? These are the firefighters from the United States going to Australia, (laughs) giving up their time, sacrificing their own health, sacrificing their time. I'm sure some of them are sacrificing their job, sacrificing so much. They are getting up, taking a flight halfway across the world, going to risk their lives to put out fires. The one who we are called 
to follow is not some pompous king. He is a what? Servant. He is a servant. Those men, and if there's women up there, those firefighters right there, they, I don't know anything about their faith. I don't know anything about a single one of them, yet they have taken that step in being a servant and following Jesus. That's what we, not, that's what we need to do. We might not be able to go put out fires in Australia, but we can do something. We might not be able to, to change everything in the world, but we can do something. It starts at home and it grows into our community. We can do something to be the light of the world like we talked about last week. We can do something to be the light in this dark world. We can do something to change our lives so we can more closely follow our servant king. That's what we are called to do. So as we think about this, this wonderful story about the baptism of Christ, we need to remember that he is a servant and we are called to follow him. I don't care how strong anybody's faith is. I don't care whether they believe he's the son of God or not. If all of us just followed Jesus a little bit more closely, the news wouldn't be such a scary thing to watch. Let's join in a moment of prayer. Good and gracious God, we thank you and we praise you. You are the one who is humble and loving and kind and you're a servant you are the one who doesn't do things for yourselves, but you do things out of love for all of us. Lord, we need to follow your example. Let us be changed by you, Lord. Let us follow the way and the example of Jesus so that one step at a time, we can be more like Jesus, the servant, the savior of the world. Help us. Give us strength. Give us courage so that we can truly follow in your way. We pray this and every prayer through Christ Jesus, our Lord and our Savior and our Servant King. He taught us to pray, saying, Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our debts as we forgive our debtors, and lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom, and the power, and the glory forever. Amen. Blessed be your name in the land that is plentiful, where your streams of abundance flow. Blessed be your name. Blessed be your name when I'm found in the desert place, though I walk through the wilderness. Blessed be your name. Every blessing you pour out, I'll turn back to praise when the darkness closes in lord still i will say blessed be the name of the lord blessed be your name blessed be the name of the lord blessed be your glorious name 
Blessed be your name when the sun's shining down on me, when the world's all as it should be. Blessed be your name. Blessed be your name on the road marked with suffering. Though there's pain in the offering, blessed be your name. Every blessing you pour out, I'll turn back to praise. When the darkness closes in, Lord, still I will say, Blessed be the name of the Lord. Blessed be your name. Blessed be the name of the Lord. Blessed be your glorious name. You give and take away. You give and take away, my heart will choose to say, Lord, blessed be your name. You give and take away, you give and take away, my heart will choose to say, Lord, blessed be your name. Blessed be the name of the Lord, blessed be your name. Blessed be the name of the Lord. Blessed be your glorious name. Blessed be the name of the Lord. Blessed be your name. Blessed be the name of the Lord. Blessed be your glorious name. Blessed be your glorious name. Blessed be your glorious name. Blessing of God, go forth with the love of Christ in your heart. Go forth and be a servant. Go forth, be blessed, and be a blessing.